this guy. Would you just stand up really quickly, Paul? Show, turn around and show everybody what you're wearing today. You know, the reason that he's wearing that, is it five years now? Four. Four years ago. The reason that Paul comes, any Easter you come, Paul is always wearing full tuxedo because four years ago, he met Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday and he celebrates and he knows where all the honor goes. So you know what? Never mind clapping for me, guys. I just work here. Can we clap for this name right now? Can we talk for, clap for Jesus? Amen. Well, I'm happy to be with you guys this morning. If my voice sounds a little bit weird, it's because I had to do a rehearsal service Thursday night, preach two times on Friday night, one time Saturday night, and once at 7 a.m. this morning already. So hopefully it's holding out. We're good, though. God is in the house, and we got this thing. Well, uh, I want to talk about breakthrough this morning. I'm talking about breakthrough. Why did I choose this word? Because I believe that Easter Sunday, which Easter really is just a name that we came up with for the holiday that celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what I, what I, the reason I chose this word breakthrough is because you got to understand that the resurrection is the biggest breakthrough that has ever happened in the history of humanity. Amen? It's a big deal. And I want to talk about that this morning. So I kind of want to get um, into your heads the concept of what breakthrough means. Now, a lot of you guys are like, I already know what breakthrough means. And um, I looked it up in the dictionary just to really get a grasp on this. It's not a word that's used in the scripture today we're going to be talking about, but it's the whole idea repeated throughout the Old and New Testament about what God can do in your life breakthrough. Now, here's what breakthrough means. It's a military advance beyond the enemy's defenses so that you go through and beyond to new territory. It's when you break forward, and really that's what Jesus did at the cross, right? The power of sin and the enemy, he went straight through it, beyond it, into new territory for us. But it also has to do with overcoming something, a burden or an obstacle. But really, it's this, and listen to this part of the definition of the word breakthrough. A sudden or significant new advance or new development, achievement, or increase. It's reaching a new level of progress. So today, in the line, along the lines of breakthrough, what we're talking about this morning, what Jesus did at the cross and what it means to us is going to new levels. And I want you to catch that this morning. There's a lot of breakthrough moments and events in our lives if we think about it. I think back to, to early on in life, you know, and some of the things I can remember. How many of you guys remember when you got your driver's license and you got your first car? Remember how cool that was? How much of an exciting, like, you were stuck at home before. And all you could do was, you know, back in the day is go grab the phone and call your friends and, and connect with your friends. And then when you got your license in your car, you're going everywhere with them. Kids nowadays, they don't even need to get their license because they're Snapchatting and they're Instagramming and they're, they stay at home. My kids are like 18 years old. They don't have their license yet. Like, what's going on, right? Back in the day, we couldn't wait to get our license. Like, let's get out of the house. That was a breakthrough moment. What I mean by breakthrough is that you're at one level of life and suddenly you're like, whoa, something brand new and exciting for us. Remember when you graduated high school? Those of you that did, right? Some of you say, like, oh, I barely made it. Yes. But that was a big moment, right? It's like freedom now. I can go choose my career. I can go to college. I can do whatever. It's like no more homework. Yeah, right? Breakthrough moments. But think of well, your first love, your first crush. You know, remember how that was? Oh, right? And just... What are like the breakthrough things in your life? I think of this to the biggest breakthroughs in my life are these two things, marriage and kids. Can I show you guys a picture of my family? These are some people that bring, 
have brought breakthrough. I know. Oh, isn't that precious? My beautiful wife, Kanani, my oldest, Kylie, uh, my freshman, Isaac, and my seven-year-old, eight-year-old, she's turned eight, Samantha. But um, things change a lot when you're single and you become married because when you're single, you can do whatever you want, spend your money, whatever you want, stay out as late as you want. I can buy surfboards, pizza, Twinkies. I can do whatever. And then you get married and you're like, whoa, this is a whole new world. But you know what marriage does? It brings you to new levels, breakthroughs of maturity, of love, of respect, of, you know, I became a better man when I get, got married. How many of you guys would say that? You better say that right now if you're sitting next to your wife. <laughs> you became a better man when you got married. Um, one of the things that, that proves that to me is the fact that whenever I'm driving the family around um, on island in my truck and my wife has always got her window down and she's got her phone out the window, she takes pictures of rainbows, of mountains, of ocean, of everything. And it took me a little while to get it but what I'm learning from my wife is to appreciate the beauty that God has put in my life all around me all the time. And see, my life is upgraded, improved, better, and newer with a new, fresh perspective because of my wife. My kids, they bring adventure. They get me off the couch. They get me back surfing and at the beach and hiking and doing all kinds of stuff. My life is better. It's new and improved because I have children. You guys get what I'm trying to say? The humor that they bring to me, the other night we were watching on Netflix a, a movie that's called Boy, and it's a, it's a story of a young Maori a kid from New Zealand and just kind of a slice of his life, and it's one of those like heartwarming, funny kind of movies. But what my daughter appreciates the most, my oldest Kylie, is the New, new Zealand accent. And so the kids have been walking around the house with New Zealand accents, and <laughs> my daughter helps with the junior high ministry, and on Wednesday night, she, um, all the little girls in her small group she forced them all to speak to her in New Zealand accents. She said, okay, girls, share with me what Jesus is doing in your life this week. And they're just like, what are you talking about? You're a weirdo. But see, I love the humor and stuff. But just think about this. All of these breakthrough moments in life. Now, those are like the silly stuff. You know, it's good. It's important. But the honest to God truth is that every single one of us that came here today on Easter Sunday is looking for some type of breakthrough that you're looking to go a little bit further and better and beyond, whether it's in relationships, that things are kind of rough or weird, or you're just trying to get to know someone, you're looking for breakthroughs, new advances in what's going on. Your marriage is at a place where it's not so good right now, and you're saying, God, if I could just get a breakthrough and come to some better understanding or some peace or some more love, God, I need a breakthrough right now. Maybe it's finances. Maybe you're just, just making ends meet. I talked to someone, I read on a prayer card. We collect those prayer cards. Somebody said, I'm a single mom. I have 120 days sober. I'm raising two or three kids on my own, and I'm barely making ends meet. I am looking for God to bless me with a breakthrough financially so I'd be a little bit better off. All of us come here today with some kind of breakthrough. Even if you came in here today and you're saying, I'm actually pretty good right now. I know God and everything's good in my life and I'm, I'm pretty good. Well, guess what? You're still at a plateau where God is saying, I have something more for you. I have something new for you. And you may not even recognize how good it is until you press in and get there. And then you look back and go, wow, this is way better than where I was before. Are you guys feeling me this morning? This breakthrough. And the, the idea of breakthrough because of the resurrection is that God always has something new for us. Always. God always has something new for us. And we're going to talk about that today and how it relates to the resurrection. 
Um, if you have your Bibles or you can look at the notes on the screen, I'm going to read you a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is, we're going to read verses 3 and 4 and then drop down to verses 17 through 19. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing about 20 to 30 years after Jesus had died, resurrected, and then hung out for about 40 days, talking to all of his disciples, teaching. Uh, several thousand people saw him as proof that he did live again. They wrote it down. It's in recorded history. We have facts that this actually happened. But this, then he went back up to heaven. This is about 20 to 30 years after that. And the Apostle Paul is writing to this church in Corinth about the resurrection. And he's just saying, this is what it's all about, guys. So look, look what he says here. He says, I passed on to you what was most important. In other words, here's the big deal that you guys need to know about. Here's why we're here. And what had also been passed on to me was that Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. And then he says this in verse 17. And if Christ had not been raised, then your faith, my faith, our faith, is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, then we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Amen? Amen. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Now, you got to understand, the resurrection is a big deal. People are willing to write this statement. They're, they're willing to lay down their lives. They're willing to follow belief in Jesus and the fact that he did raise from the dead in spite of persecution, them being thrown in jail, tortured, and losing their lives. These people are willing to say, this is real. This is it. This is the big thing. This changes everything. So I want to talk about today that the resurrection was the greatest thing that happened in God's story with humanity. Because if you think about it like this, think about this on the just purely the physical, natural level, okay? If you're Jesus's friends and followers, and the guy that you've been hanging out with for about three years, who's been teaching about the kingdom of God, he's been showing you power on display in the form of miracles and people uh, being healed from demon possession and, and the sick and all of this stuff. You're following him around. He's teaching you. He's loving on you. He's, he's the one that you're your mentor. You're hanging out with him. You love him. He dies. You saw him die, right? You saw him die on a Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. He got hung on that cross. He was crucified. He's in a grave. He's spent the night Friday. He's dead. He's gone all day Saturday and night. And somewhere now along this Sunday morning, you start hearing reports or maybe you saw him yourself. He's back from the dead. Now, take away the spiritual side of it for a minute here. Just think about if one of your friends was dead for several days and you saw him walking around, you would be blowing your mind. You would just be literally like, this is creepy. This is scary. You're, the dead are supposed to stay dead. What is this man doing? I mean, put yourself in this position here. Too often we read the Bible and go, oh, Jesus Christ, he's so holy. He raised from the dead. Oh, that's awesome. The reality is, what if you were his friends and family there? You would be tripping, right? You'd be like, oh my gosh, you're, you're not supposed to be alive. What's going on right here? You'd be freaked out. You'd be scared. I watched this, this movie, uh, this series on Netflix with my daughter. It's called The Returned or something. And it's about these people that start showing up after they've been dead for a couple years or something. And the, the thing that I'm most blown away with is how unimpressed the, the family members and the friends are when they see their friend who's been dead four years. They're like, oh, wow. Can I get you a sandwich? You're like, what? No. Your friend has like been dead and they came back. You'd be like, ah, right? 
And some of us would be mad. We'd be like, Jesus, that's the dirtiest prank that anyone has ever pulled on us. I was crying for days. And you're like, back? You weren't really, what's going on? Right? This is this mind-blowing. Can I just say that the resurrection is a big deal? Right? Just in the physical alone. Turn to someone next to you and say, it's a big deal today, guys. It's a big deal. It is. Because as they are coming to terms with the fact that my friend was dead and now he's alive, oh my gosh, right? They start to realize this. Here comes the aha moment. Wait a minute. If he was dead and he came back and he has the power to do that, then this really is the Messiah. This really is the guy. This is the guy that we've been, we've been hoping was him, but we weren't really sure. All the prophecies came true. He did the miracles. His teaching was great, but we still weren't 100% sure. Did you know his closest friends and family members weren't 100% sure that he was the Messiah on the night that he was arrested? It said all of his disciples and followers deserted him and they fled. In other words, he's saying all this cool stuff, but you know what? He's going down right now. He's getting arrested. He's about to die. We're out of here. I, don't, I, don't, I guess he wasn't the guy. I guess he wasn't the guy. But the ultimate proof came when he rose from the dead and they just went, whoa, hold on a minute. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of Man. We have never heard of anybody else predicting their own death and resurrection and then coming back. He lives up to the hype. That means if he can do this, then anything is possible. Then all the other stuff he taught us, it's got to be true. There's hope for our lives. And you know what happened to these people? Change their lives forever. Breakthrough moment. They were sold out. They were all in. And they started a worldwide movement that we're sitting here as a result of today, a revolution. That they said, this has got to be him. Here's this. Pastor Andy Stanley writes this. If a man can predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off, then I just go with whatever that man says. Right? I mean, that in itself is a big deal. Here's how it fits into the whole picture of the Bible. Let me, just, let me just synopsize a little bit, summarize the whole story of the Bible. You guys ready for this? We're going to be here for four hours. I'm kidding. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you here's what the whole story of the Bible is so that you can understand the perspective of the resurrection. Here's how it all starts. In the beginning was Genesis, the first book. It means beginning. This was when God shows up on the scene that we know of and he creates everything. He's always been there. He'll always be there. He is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He's everything. And he creates creation. He creates man and woman, puts them in the garden and says, I created you because I love you. I want to have a relationship with you. Goes good for a little while. Adam and Eve blow it. They bring in sin. They break relationship with God. The world kind of goes on its own, gets populated with people who've got their backs turned to God, doing their own thing. God says, the world's falling apart. It's not looking so good. I want to restart. He brings in the flood, covers all the earth, saves Noah, his family, the animals to start over again. You get into the story of Abraham. Abraham comes along and God says, through this man, his descendants, this nation of Israel, the Jewish nation, it's going to be my people. And I'm going to show them my character and my love and my heart for them throughout the Old Testament. And as the Old Testament goes on, God gives the law to Moses and he gives the priests and the temple and the sacrifice, the religious system of do these things right and I will be your God and I'll care for you. But here comes the problem. So we see over and over in the, New, the Old Testament, the nation of Israel gets close to God, they turn their back on God. They obey God, everything goes well, they disobey God. The problem was the system that God set up, it wasn't flawed. What was flawed was man couldn't keep their end of the bargain. Then you hear all throughout the Old Testament, there's prophecies of a, a Messiah, a deliverer, the anointed one that's going to come one day, and he's, he's going to restore everything to righteousness. And so then you see the end of the Old Testament, there's about a 435-year gap 
between the Old Testament, the prophets, and then the New Testament. On the scene in the New Testament comes Jesus, God in the flesh. He comes and he preaches hope and he preaches grace and righteousness and truth. And he's letting everybody know that he's here to bring them back to a restored relationship with God. And in the midst of that, he's killed for who he is. But death couldn't hold him down. He came out. He broke out with new life. That's what we're here today to talk about. And so then he goes, you know what, guys? I'm giving you my Holy Spirit. Suddenly God is available to more than just the Jewish people, but to everybody. And he gives us his Holy Spirit as he goes back up to heaven to wait for us to get there someday. And then you, and then you, you fast forward a little bit and you realize that these people with this hope and this belief system influence and flood the world with their message and they start this worldwide revolution. Then you go all the way to the end of the book. You go to the Revelation, which shows the end story, which shows the future. This is how the story ends, that one day Jesus is coming back. He's going to get all of his people. He's going to defeat all evil in the world and he's going to restore righteousness. God's kingdom is going to come and everybody is going to end up in eternity wherever they've decided to go for eternity. And that's the whole story. But here's what you got to understand is without the resurrection, we have no story. We have no hope. We have no Christianity. We have no power. The resurrection is the key to everything. It would be like this in today's human terms. Let me put it into something you can understand. How many of you guys are familiar with Apple computers? Anybody? You guys ever heard of that little company, Apple? They kind of make some computers and stuff. Well, think about this. 1976, Steve Jobs co-founds the company, Apple, right? He makes some computers. It's going great. In 1985, if you guys have heard the story, for whatever power struggles, whatever reasons, Steve, Job, Steve Jobs leaves Apple. And for a few years, they're going on their own. They're kind of hit and miss. They're doing some stuff. In 1997, he comes back to Apple. And it's a good thing he did. Because of it, he comes with all of his expertise, his skill, his creativity, his genius. He invents the iPod, the iMac, the, the Apple computer, the iPhone. The, how many of you guys have an Apple product at home at all? A phone, uh, an iPod, an iPad that I'm preaching off of today, Apple TV, all of this stuff. Or you have the competing brands that use some of the technology that Steve Jobs came up with. It has changed the face of planet Earth, hasn't it? It's amazing. But now think about this. 1985, Steve Jobs walks off the job at Apple. What if he never came back? What if he never came back in 1997? What if he went instead into fashion design and used his influence there? We'd probably all be wearing black turtlenecks, jeans, and New Balance running shoes to this day. And we'd be busting out our flip phones from 1987, and we'd be still in the dark ages of technology. You guys see what I'm saying? If Steve Jobs walked away, didn't come back, we wouldn't have the world that we have. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, we would be, I wouldn't be here because it would be a religion for Jewish people. They would be worshiping a savior who's still dead. There would be no power available. All the promises of heaven and God in relationship with him would be questionable because if you couldn't pull off the coming back from the dead thing, then none of it's probably possible. Then we would be in a way different world that we live in. But praise God, we're not. Praise God, the resurrection happened and we have proof of it living in our lives today. We have forgiveness of sin. We have restored relationship from God. We don't have to go to hell to pay the price for our sins. We have the option of choosing God and going to live with him forever in heaven. And he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit who's present in our lives every single day. My father-in-law, who's with me today, I don't know if he's in the room, but he's out there, uh, Kanani's dad, he's 86 years old, I think. And he tells me the other day, why is it that every time someone prays around me, I cry? 
I'm like, that's proof of the Holy Spirit in your life that he's moving, he's doing something, that we have all of this because of the resurrection. Amen? See, that's how good it is. It's a big deal. Without the resurrection, we got nothing. But this guy, John S. Whale, an author and theologian, he wrote this. The Gospels, the four books that talk about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels do not explain the resurrection. The resurrection explains the Gospels. Belief in the resurrection is not an appendage to the Christian faith. It is the Christian faith. Isn't that cool? But here's the deal. Big picture, we have eternity, we have salvation, we have all of that. But what I always want to know whenever I read scripture and I find out anything about God is, what does it mean to me? What does it mean to me in my world that I live in right here and right now in 2016? What does it mean to me? And I want you to realize that the breakthrough that Jesus brought, he brought it on a huge level, but it also brought it down into the personal world that I live in right now is that what I said in the beginning is God always has something new for you. I want to share with you a video of a story of a friend of mine that found breakthrough through believing in God and seeking God and the resurrection power in his life from going from one level in life to the next level in life because of Jesus. Take a look at this video, if you will, real quick. Growing up, I went to church. Um, I got married, had a family. We went to uh, church, but it was more like uh, we just went through the motions of church and tithing and praying and didn't really think too much about it, didn't read the Bible too much, um, just kind of went through the motions of it. Mother's Day last year, 2015, was a big, big life-changing moment uh, for me and my family. My daughter was riding motorcycle at Kogoku Motocross Track. And um, she, she had a pretty horrific crash. She jumped off of a jump, didn't, didn't land it, land, ended up crashing very hard. As she was in the air, I already knew that it was not, not a good thing. So I started running already toward her. She ended up crashing and basically sliding right up to me. I took off her helmet and made sure she was conscious and just so happened that particular day up at the track, there was some medics that were from uh, the Marine base and there usually isn't medics up there, um, but there were that day for some reason. So when Danny first called me and he said that he was taking her into the hospital for a concussion, you know, I, I wasn't like totally freaking out because it was a concussion. It's kind of just an, an accident that is normal. Those things happen, right? We went to the hospital and, um, and it was just kind of going through the process. Like, hey, let's get the CAT scan so we can get her home. Let's get the MRI so we can get her home. Hey, you're gonna be out a week from school. You're not gonna have to worry about this test, that test, and that kind of stuff. And then as the reports came back in, and then the doctor, the ER doctor came in, and he said, we're calling the neurologist. The neurologist is on her way. Come to find out she broke her neck. Um, to be specific, her C1 and C2 vertebrae. The doctor that came in told us, you know, for a person in this situation, 
that breaks their C1 and C2 vertebrae, they're either paralyzed from the neck down or they're not even alive. So for her to be wide awake, moving her neck around is, is basically a miracle. Um, that right there, when we got that news, I told myself that it's all because of him. Danny and I were just like, hey, here we are. We've got this situation in front of us. This is a, clearly a miracle. It, it, clearly God is here. He's showing up. He's helping us get through this. He's going to take care of her. He's brought her up, and she's fully grown. But yet now, and he kind of said, she's totally fine. She's walking. She's talking. She's a perfect little girl. But we've just got to go in and fix this one little problem and then we're gonna get her back. And she's gonna get right back to all her activities, surfing, playing soccer, dirt biking. She'll be back, she'll be 100%, even better when she comes out of surgery. We as parents, we couldn't control the outcome of the accident. We couldn't control the outcome of the surgery. So basically we had to surrender all the trust and everything to him. And we prayed, we prayed a lot together, me and my wife. So we're like, yeah, okay, let's go. We'll go with you and uh, see, you know. And he came out of there and he's all, I like this place. <laughs> this, we're gonna go here, this is good. I like this. I really like this. Let's just plug in. From that day on, we've been at Anchor Church, and it's the best moves we made. It's, it's weird, but the miracle of the, the accident that my daughter was in sparked this huge change for me, and not only me, but my whole family. He's like, we're all in. We're going to do this. We're going to go to church. We're going to buckle down. We're going to tithe, read our Bible. We're figure out, you know, we're busy. We've got kids sports, family, dinner, bedtimes, and it's like we gotta just figure out a time to read our Bible. You know, we're gonna turn off the TV and we're just gonna read and we're gonna pray, we're gonna pray together, we're gonna pray as a family, we're gonna make sure everyone's going to church and time to just buckle down and to really seek God on a daily basis. From the miracle to this point, my family is more of a family unit I'm more of a, I guess, a, a, a good leader in the family. Um, people from the outside looking in can see a change in, in my life. My friends are like, bro, what, what, who is this new guy? His mom has noticed a change because he um, will kind of like take his time. She just noticed him being more patient. And uh, he just seems to be more um, relaxed. He's just more enjoyable. <laughs>
without kind of what we experienced with our daughter, we would have just been kind of continuing on the same path of being a family and playing sports and going to church and all of that. But now where we're at and what we've gone through, what we've experienced and seeing God show up in our lives, we're just, we're seeking Him out, we're climbing, we're coming together as a family. I'm excited to, to learn more and to just, to just grow with my family my wife, my kids, and just be complete in Him and continue to serve Him as much as I can. Was that cool? Here, here's the point, is that the resurrection breakthrough power that brought Jesus back from the dead is available to you and I in the world we live in right now. You guys, if you, I don't know if you caught that in the video, but major change has happened in Danny's life. I, I, I told him to share this story in video because I was talking to him at the beach one day, and he's like, bro, I'm a whole new man. Even my friends are saying it. My family's saying it. I'm so close to God now. We're seeking him. Like, we got into the word. Everything is changing. He's blessing me. Like, I showed up on the job the other day. I was installing cable or something, and someone just offers me, hey, you should come work for me. And God just opened up this door to an upgrade, a full better promotion, job, money, the whole deal, dream job. He's like, where is this coming from? He's, he used to be a guy that, that struggled with anxiety. He goes, because of this whole thing happening, he goes, I don't, I don't even remember the last time I took a pill. He goes, God has changed me, complete breakthrough. Mediocre Christians who went through this thing with their daughter, which sparked them pushing in and being all in for God, and then God bringing them to a whole new level of breakthrough. It's not even over yet, but it's, do you guys get what I'm trying to say? It's for the normal people every day. I could show you stories of crazy dramatic breakthroughs, right? I, I read a story this past week of someone that was involved in witchcraft. This lady was a Wiccan princess, and somehow she met Jesus. Now her life's flipped upside down. She's like a Christian pastor. She's leading all these people to Jesus. That's like crazy transformation, witchcraft to Christianity. I could tell you a story of another friend of mine in this church that had stage four cancer, cancer in different parts of her body. And you look at the doctor's report and it's like, you got this here, this here, this here. This looks grim. You're on your way out of this life. And then through the power of prayer, people started praying, not through the power of chemotherapy and radiation, through the power of prayer, she starts going in for doctor's reports. She shows me copies of all the doctor's reports after one year of time. And it's like, well, it looks like this dark area over here started to disappear. Hey, it looks like what we saw over there, it, it actually isn't there anymore. We don't know what's going on. And every few months you see, and I saw these doctor's reports to a year later, it's like, well, it looks like there's nothing in your body that's bad at all anymore. And literally the doctor's right, we can't really explain it, but you're in perfect health. Let me tell you, I could tell you stories that God can do those kind of breakthroughs in your life. But I wanted to show you one of people that are already probably feeling, oh, we're okay, we're mediocre, we're good enough. And God says this, there's always something new for you because of what the resurrection did, right? There's always something more, there's always something new. And I want you to really get a hold of that because I want you to catch today, how do I get that breakthrough? If you're going, that sounds pretty cool to me, I go to church a lot, or I don't ever go to church at all, but I want some breakthroughs. How do I get that? Well, the Apostle Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He gives us a clue on how we can get this breakthrough power. In verse 17, it says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. He's giving us a little hint as to how to get this breakthrough power. First of all, you got to make sure that you belong to Christ. 
Are you in a relationship with him? That's the very first primary thing is resurrection power doesn't work except for his followers that believe in him. And so he's saying you got to belong to Christ, but he's saying this, you got to get rid of your old stuff and you got to take on the new stuff that God has for you. And I wrote it down like this because if you're taking notes and you want to walk away from anything here today on Easter Sunday, what did I get out of that? I want you to remember this phrase, release your plans and open your hands, right? It almost rhymes, but hands, plans, it's, it's close enough, right? You guys get what I'm saying? Release your plans all the stuff that you thought that was getting you through life that's good enough, that isn't really good enough, and open your hands to what God has for you. And see, I don't think it's a, it's a one before the other. I think it kind of happens simultaneously. As you're letting go of your mindset and your struggles and your worries and all the junk in your life, you're kind of like, ah, hands are empty, but they're open for what God has for you. Because you got to start by taking some simple, bold steps towards him. If you're not someone that goes to church all the time, you don't know for sure if you're a Christian, let me tell you, the very first simple step that you can take towards getting breakthrough in your life is just surrendering to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to take a step of faith today. I'm just going to pray in my heart. I'm going to tell you, I believe that what you did on the resurrection really happened and that you have power for me. And I'm going to take a step of faith and say, I want to enter into a relationship with you. God, what do you have for me? You're leaving your old way behind. I'm in control. I'm my own God. I manage my own life. And you're saying, God, hands open to what you have for me. It could be that you're, there's someone that is like not familiar with going to church. Let me tell you the first simple, bold thing you can do to say open hands towards God. Simple. You ready for this? Danny said, read your Bible, pray. You can do all that. Some of you, you need to do that. But some of us, the simple act of this challenge, I dare you to go to church for one month. Even if you don't come to my church, go to a church because something happens when you have hands and eyes and hearts that are open to, I'm going to go up and I'm going to be in God's house and I'm going to be around God's people and I'm going to hear God's words being preached at me and I'm going to hear God's music and people crying out to their God in that and receive some prayer. I would guarantee you that you go to church for one month, you spend an hour, hour and a half of your week, four times, right? The next four weekends going to church. I just dare you to take that simple step and see if God won't slowly start to bring some breakthrough in your life. Let alone you can get into your Bible and you can do all the other stuff. Just do something as simple as that. We're teaching this great new series. Next week we start off. It's called Things I Wish Jesus Never Said. <laughs> Love your neighbors. What? You seen my neighbor? <laughs> Love your enemies, right? Things like that. Just what is that all about? But I'm, I'm telling you, simple thing. You want to let go of yourself and you want to embrace the things that God has for you, I dare you just to go to church for a month. See, see where it starts right there. But some of us, we need to do other things. We already go to church. And you're like, well, I'm far from God. I, I need a breakthrough, but I, I pray every day already for five minutes before I go out the door and 10 minutes before I go to sleep. Well, I'm telling you this. Press in, dig a little bit deeper, seek a little harder, have your hands a little bit more open, let go of the regular routines, the old stuff, release that, dig a little bit deeper, guys. Danny's over here, I got my whole Bible, to, my whole family to read the Bible. We're coming to church, we're making priority. You know what happened when he did that? He gets job promotions, he's, his anxiety is leaving, he's a better family man. Everybody notices, his friends, his family, his mom, the breakthrough happens. You guys see that? But it's simple, it's simple steps. But it's, it's at the same time, it's the letting go so you can have the new. A couple weeks ago, I, I realized this. I have over 25 surfboards in my garage, right? Over the years, I, co I collect my boards. Boards work for me. Then they kind of wear out after a while, but I don't want to part with them because I love them so much, right? So they're there and let the kids use them, whatever. Um, I share them. But I've got all these surfboards. But I realized my old surfboards aren't working the way that they were 
um, for me anymore. What was good enough for me before, it's not good enough now. For some reason, when you do love pizza and snack food and stuff, and you don't exercise regularly and you get a little bit older, this is the weird thing, guys. I started gaining weight. Can you imagine that? Like, what? Where, where did that come from? I love pizza. I don't exercise. Now I'm gaining weight. So my boards don't work for me anymore, but I love those boards. I don't want to let them go. But I realize that I don't have the money to buy the new board that's going to be better for me and, and allow me to surf like Kelly Slater. I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have the money to buy that board. You know what I had to do? I had to Craigslist all the other old boards. And it was a sad day. Sad to see them go, but they went to good families. I made sure of that. They were going to look after them well. But here's the deal. I had to let the old ones go so that I could take on the new and improved and better thing for my life. Do you guys get what I'm trying to say right here? Is you got to release your plans and you got to open your hands to what God has for you. Here's something you got to hear. Romans 8 verse 11, it says, the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's heavy. The same power, breakthrough power and spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead actually lives in you. So guess what? Act like it. Act like that power is available to you and God's going to help you. Some of us are like, Carl, I'm not going to listen to that sermon. You don't even know what I'm dealing with. It's way too hard to just say, let that go. Release my plans. Well, I'll tell you this, is that when you begin to take the steps of releasing that and walk towards God, God jumps in to help you. The same power that was available to Jesus is available in your life. Someone told me this the other night, Good Friday. They said, Look, I'm, I'm trying to get my life together. I'm going through uh, Hinamaka Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center, and I'm trying to get things going. Things are a mess in my life. But the other day, I walked in, and my girl of five years is with my best friend. And you know what? I'm full of rage and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness. I wake up in the morning feeling that. I go to sleep at night feeling that. And I came to Good Friday service the other night, and you prayed a prayer, and you told us to let that stuff go and to give it to God. And this is after service, and he goes, I just did that. I just did that. I don't feel that stuff anymore. It's crazy because I've been so mad, but I'm learning to let that stuff go because as I try, God meets me where I'm at and he helps me to let that stuff go. Now, is it all completely gone? Could be. Could be that there's going to be hints of it coming back, but I know that we have the power to daily release that old and take on the new because of the resurrection, because of the power that that proved to us and gave us in our lives. So God always has something new for us. Romans 6, 4 says, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live in new, new lives. Lamentations 3, I don't know what verse it is. I just know that it says this, that God's mercies are new for us every morning. His love, his grace, his power, his forgiveness for us is new every single day and it's available. What I said today, the resurrection brings breakthrough. God always has something new for you. But in the story with my friend Danny, there was a turning point and it didn't even make it into the video cut. But I know that this, when Danny and his wife, Danielle, experienced the miracle of what had happened with their daughter, Trinity, and they realized that God had just protected them and blessed them and given their little girl back to them, they realized, they told each other, you know what this is? This is God saying, look, I did this for you. What are you going to do now? I did this for you. What are you going to do for me? And see, the message of the resurrection is simply a beautiful statement of that, of Jesus at the cross resurrecting, God the Father saying, I did this for you. What are you going to do? See, we can either stay in the same rut that we came in this door with here today, stay at the, stay at the same level, for more years of our life, maybe the rest of our life. 
Or we can decide to do something about that and go, God, I'm, I'm taking a step. I believe in that power that brought Christ off, out of the tomb is the same power that's available for me. Let's do this and begin to walk towards him and let go of that other stuff. That's what the message is all about this morning. Is that a good word for some of you this morning? I hope so. Let's... Um, That's a message of Jesus, and we're just going to seal that in prayer right now. Let's bow our heads. God, we love you. We thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you that, that you proved the impossible, which means that all of that stuff that you promised us is available. Love, new life, forgiveness of sin, God, and we take that up. Lord, we experience it. Honestly, those of us that are Christians, we know because every day we feel the Holy Spirit's power in our lives, enabling us to do and say things that we couldn't do on our own. It doesn't make sense, and yet it's so amazing. So, Lord, we're thankful for that. But some of us in this room here today, as we're praying, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That for whatever reason we stumbled in here today or someone made us come or whatever, we're just, we're just not there. But maybe you're making a decision in your heart today right now and you feel like you want that, that it's not as hard as it may seem. It's really just surrendering to God and saying, I'm, I'm just going to follow your ways from here on out. I trust you. If you could pull that off with coming back from the dead, then, then you can pull that kind of power off in my life. And so I'm going to take a chance on you. And if that's you this morning, I want to say a prayer with you right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, okay? I'm going to make it easy. I'm not going to make you pray it out loud. I'm going to pray the words out loud. You own the words, and you pray them in your heart of hearts right now to God. See, the amazing thing about God is he doesn't need to hear us speaking it out loud. He wants to know that our heart's all in it. And after service, you can go and you can tell someone that you came with, hey, I prayed that prayer you know, let them know that you did this. But for here and now, we're going to do something in the heart. If you want to have breakthrough and you want your eternity to change, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now that's going to put you back in right relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. And so if you want to pray that prayer with me, that you would leave here knowing that you are a Christian and that God is going to begin working in your life. Before I pray it, I just want to ask that you would let me know. Everybody's got their eyes closed and their heads bowed right now, so it's not like everyone's going to see you. But I'm going to count to three, and I'm just going to ask you, if you want to pray this prayer with me, to raise your hand just so I know who I get the privilege of praying with. And so if you want to pray that prayer to become a Christian and to say yes to Jesus and all that he has for you, even if you don't fully understand it all right now, God will work with you. He'll reveal it to you. You'll get it. But the first step is really just saying, God, I'm all in. I want to follow you. If that's you on the count of three. I want you just to raise your hand and hold it up so that I can see you, and then we'll pray together. So here we go. One, two, three. Would you just lift your hands right now? Would you hold them up, please? I just want to be able to acknowledge you and make sure that I see every hand in here. I see some people here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Uh, I'm not sure if I got everybody. If I didn't see you, just wave at me. 26, 27, someone else over there. I see another hand, a little low hand. 28, God sees that hand. 29, someone else over here. Thank you, Father God. 30, someone over here. I got at least 30 of you guys. I'm going to stop there because I, I don't see you all, but God sees you. But here's what I want you to do. We're praying still. So go ahead and put your hands down. And I want you to own this prayer that I'm going to say out loud. This is your prayer to God right now. God, I'm here today and I realize that I need you in my life. I'm tired of living this life on my own and managing it on my own. I can never seem to get the breakthroughs I'm looking for. Lord, I'm telling you right now that I believe in Jesus, that he came to this earth 2,000 years ago. He taught us how to know you and then he died in our place. 
that he took the hit so we wouldn't have to. He went to the cross to prove that he loved us and that he wanted to pay the price. And then he did the unimaginable, the unthinkable, the unshakable. He rose from the dead, proving that all he said and taught was true. And so, Lord, I believe in that, and I receive salvation through you by believing. And, Lord, from here on out, I'm going to live for you. Help me. Show me how to let go of the old stuff and embrace what you have for me. God, I need your help. Lord, I pray that you would help me get involved in church, whether it's this church, Anchor Church, or another good Bible-believing church. Father, that I would find family and, and, and I would find people that could speak into my life. Lord, as I get a Bible and start reading it, I would understand who you really are in my life. Lord, as I, I get water baptized, as I accept your Holy Spirit beginning to do new things in my life, Lord, bottom of my heart, everything I'm telling you right now is, yes, I want all that you have for me. Yes, I will follow you all of my days. Thank you for being my God from this day forward into eternity. And in Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. Let's praise God for those people that you made the biggest, biggest change in your life here today, this morning.